didn't intend to talk about this for so long. I just kind of thought it was a minor story, which it is. But um, so yet another story of a uh, high school teacher having sex with her uh, her students, and uh, it's another blonde that looks exactly the same as all the other blondes that do this. For they have yes. a look. Yes, they do, which is kind of interesting. I don't know what that means about their psyche. We've gotten into the diagnosis of that over the years. I think particularly in this case, since it was her daughter's boyfriend's, I think there's always a, a I still want to be the popular girl in high school thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Desperate to hang on to one's youth as you see it going away. So we played a clip from a Saturday Night. As am I. <laughs> we played a clip from a Saturday Night Live sketch years ago in which they kind of mocked the idea that high school boys are the victims of something awful when this happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and not only was it, I, not only did I laugh, and it was funny, the crowd laughed, and it, there was no national outcry about it either. Right. Which could, depending on your attitude, uh, be an example of uh, society not catching up to, uh, what, or not being uh, fully cognizant of, of what it should be cognizant of. No. Attitudes need to change. I think that would be, the people who are offended by our point of view, they would say, yes, the society needs to realize that this is a bad thing. Human beings we need to get woke. Human beings have been around for a long time with their human nature and this and that. I think you could go back thousands of years and the reaction to the two circumstances. Get get out on the the, the the prairie of America years ago, the two circumstances, how the dad would react or the town would react. Right. Just I think right. that's what human nature has been. Anyway, you guys are killing me on the boys versus girls thing. It is a different thing, perception versus reality. Let me make it clear. I run a sex crimes unit for a large agency. Although males generally hold up better in the beginning, they often suffer lifelong physical emotional damages. There's no difference level of acceptable acceptable. You guys need some serious education on this. If you would like to talk, feel free to call me anytime. I'm an experienced 25-year officer and a sexual assault investigator investigator now sergeant of a sex crimes unit. I would be interested in that. I would be too. By all means. So if he's, I don't doubt what he's, uh, I don't doubt his experience or what what has happened and what he's seen, but so that means human nature is wrong on this issue. That that <sighs> the people in the crowd laughed, I laughed, the country went ho-hum to that sketch, it wasn't an outcry. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, there, there are subtleties here, which is not what talk radio is necessarily good at, but it, it, the very nature of the thing determines how I feel about it. I, I see that uh, that uh, person's point, law enforcement officer's point, um, and it could be terrible. Um, on the other hand, I just think it is never acceptable for a man to exploit a high school girl or a young woman sexually. I just, it can't be. On the other hand, well, I don't know. I don't, you know, we've made our point of view clear. Yeah. I, I think it would mess with your head in ways that would not necessarily be productive as a high school kid. Um, but it's just the, the nature of the thing is different as the nature of male and female sexuality are different physically, emotionally, in terms of the risks and the rest of it. It's just different. Um, but, you know, I'd like to know more about what this... Uh, uh, officer has to say about the topic. Supergalifragilistic extra I'm a dope kid? Yeah. Um, I'd rather know more than less. So we appreciate that offer very much and we'll be reaching out. I'm in general in favor of knowing less though from here on out I think. About most things. Not talking about this one but just less. Mm. I want to know less. 
I think I'd have been better off if I'd have known less yesterday about everything that was going on. Advocating for ignorance, yes. are you, sir? Yes. Eh, more ignoring than ignorance, but uh, same same thing Subtle in the end. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I don't know if you heard about this. The, the Mueller report came out yesterday. And uh, everybody's that. reacting to it and spinning like mad men and mad women, as we predicted. Predicted. And uh, and there will be years of investigations. This has settled nothing. Even uh, Adam Schiff, whose career was staked on uh, the Russian collusion thing, despite the absolutely uh, unequivocal uh, statement in the Mueller report that no American, never mind anybody in the Trump orbit, conspired with the Russians. Schiff is still pushing ahead with that narrative. Got the smallest in his neck I've ever seen. <laughs> Then you've got the fairly ambivalent result about uh, obstruction of justice. That will be flogged for as long as Trump is in the White House for uh, political purposes. I'm sure there are some who are legitimately offended that he asked his lawyer to do things that his lawyer said, no, we can't do that. Um, and that- Trump with his hand-picked attorney general. Yeah. Kristen that's... Gillibrand, who's running for president yesterday, actually tweeted out, we can't trust Trump's hand-picked AG. To be transparent, to which, <laughs> to which Jonah Goldberg replied, please show me the last attorney general who was not handpicked by the president. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's not about truth. That's and just it's hilarious, not about that sense. whole phrase. Yeah. You know, I'm glad I, I stumbled across the phrase because I've always used like whipping up the base as a description of this. But I heard a, a learned commentator talking about fundraising and list building. And that's what so much of this is. You know, it's it's taking uh, advantage of the American impulse to, I want to do something. And, and now it's utterly clear that that something is getting online and either signing a petition. How many of us have done that or read about uh, 175,000 people petitioned the White House to have uh, Leonard Nimoy uh, declared a space ambassador? You know, uh, everybody wants to sign a petition with their energy or to donate money. You know, some some family, you know, a beaver eats all their belongings, and a GoFundMe page starts up a giant rabbit. Beaver, beaver all right, eats maybe all their a belongings. bear would have been a Best better, a better, better man. You even tied in Leonard Nimoy, beautiful Michael. So a bear eats uh, a family's belongings on like their car on their child's birthday. Oh, that makes it extra and, worse. And everybody, oh. there's an outpouring of sympathy, and and a GoFundMe page comes out and it makes them rich. You know, right. then usually the guy running the GoFundMe page turns out to have stolen most of it. But anyway. <laughs> And so the political parties, man, and it's funny, nobody talks about this, but they've they've completely become aware of, oh, my God, if we can whip up an emotional reaction, we get fundraising and list building. In case you're not familiar with the idea, it's that to sign the petition, you got to give an email address and then you sign the petition. Now they've got your email address. But that's what so much of this is about. And I just some of it's kind of entertaining in a tennis match battle of the wits way. But, like, virtually all of cable news obsesses with it day after day after day. And it just is so tiring. And listen, I have many emails here from good folks saying, I can't take this stuff anymore. You guys, you can't talk about this all the time. Mm. And I agree with them. Mm. I I will not be wagged. I will not, not be the dog that is wagged by the tale of fundraising and list building by Adam effing Schiff. I'm sorry, folks. I'm a little fired up here. It's really improper on Good Friday. Adam Schiff and Mitch McConnell. 
Plus, there's really no need to do the whole speculation game because these things are going to play out. So they'll either have a hearing on this and find out this, and then we can discuss it those days when things actually happen, as opposed to speculate what might happen. And if it rises to the level of, wow, that's really interesting or important, and you know maybe I want to share my opinion with the folks to help them, I don't know, come to their opinion, we'll do that. We'll absolutely do that. But again, uh, that is the dog wagging the tail, not vice versa. You know how the internet works. The dad who was, on the, series r- of tubes. who was on the wrong side of a hungry beaver there with the GoFundMe page. Right. We look into his background. Turns out he inappropriately touched his secretary in the 80s. Exactly. You know, exactly. We, can, his, we can bone him. His grandfather was allegedly part of an organization in the old country that was sympathetic to the Nazis right. or whatever. And, and then the beaver waddles off with impunity. <laughs> no punishment for the beaver. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the theme song from the old TV show Leave It to Beaver. Ah, I get it. For anybody who doesn't know that. I get it. Starring Tony Dow. Hugh Beaumont. Barbara Billingsley and Jerry Mathers as the Beaver. I looked exactly like the Beaver when I was a little kid. One of my uncles called me Beaver. The, the Beaver time. or a Beaver? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the buck teeth. You're very furry as a lad. The flat tail. Right. You're listening to the I, Armstrong and Getty Show. Jerry Mathers, the Beaver. Gee, Wally, I got to get going on account of the Armstrong and Getty Show is on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Available right now. Via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I read that Google's headquarters just got hit with a case of measles. Meanwhile, over at Bing, they were like, damn, not even the measles come to us. (laughs) (laughs) Can't catch a break, man. Can't be get sick here. You know, I've tried to get away from the Google. Because it's, it's a big, giant, data-thieving, global, conglomerate nastiness. I'm not registered with Google in any way. I don't have a Gmail account. I don't, I'm not registered on YouTube, even though I'd like to. It'd make it a lot more usable. But I just, I just don't want to be tied in with Google like that. So you still got a Yahoo uh, yeah. address? I got both. I got all sorts of stuff. But I managed the show email, and Google was just easier to manage. So I don't know. I've, I've, you know what? I'm... I'm a good German. I went along with the evil. It's Good Friday, which is the day Jesus was crucified, which I bring up because the actual crown of thorns that was on his head. Allegedly. That crown of thorns was in the Notre Dame Cathedral. And a chaplain ran out the back door with it in his hands in the midst of the fire. Or it burned up. That's a, now that's an artifact. Now yeah. that's an artifact. Yeah. Oh, it's It's amazing. I personally don't believe it's legit. You don't? No. I think that's How incredibly you know? unlikely. 
It does seem unlikely. And it, 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 from my understanding, it appeared like in the 3rd century A.D.? Well, even if it did, well, okay, I was going to say if it appeared in the 30s, that would be something. But if it, if it, if it, if it appeared <laughs> 2,000 years ago on its own, it's an just in that, if it oh. is the, if it has been the symbol of the crown of thorns right. for almost 2,000 years. That's enough. That is enough to make it a, a priceless artifact. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm so glad they saved most of the stuff out of there. It's, um, although that could happen. It's always amazing how, you know, they, they find a, a Rembrandt in somebody's attic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Oh, it's yeah. It's been in there for 400 years. Oh, I don't yeah. know. My great grandfather must have. You know, if you're into reading the, uh, the biographies like we are, the historical biographies, you're founding papas and, and, you know, people like that. Well, yeah, it happens all the time. A, a never before seen letter that was in private hands. From George Washington to Thomas Jefferson saying, hey, you ever played pickleball? It's fun. We should try it. You know, one of those completely unknown aspects will emerge. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not inconceivable that some shopkeeper there, uh, you know, in in the area. And at the time when it was a small religion, thought this would be kind of an interesting artifact to have, to always remember him by. And it just kind of hung around for a long time. That's not right. yeah, it's not impossible at all. Well, it's indisputable whether you are Christian, Jew, atheist, or other um, that a uh, a popular religious leader um, and and don't please don't send your angry emails to about Joe to Joe Getty aromatic, Joe Getty at heretic dot com. Um, you know that uh, Jeshua, I think, was the. Uh, the actual uh, Aramaic form at the time. Anyway, that he lived and was executed. Um, In a horrific way. Yes. As were the worst many, way. many well, thousands. He was tortured to death. As were many other thousands of people. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, but it is absolutely conceivable that somebody who loved him kept that stuff as they prepared him for burial and the rest of it. And, and then it emerged a few hundred years later. It's unlikely, but it's possible. And that's why the Easter Bunny leaves chocolate eggs on Sunday morning? Yeah, that's the whole weirdness there. I did. I, there's a jump there that I didn't get. Secularization, weirdness, spring rebirth, etc. Anyway, now that I've made everybody And I don't want your texts about it was a pagan holiday. I don't want to hear we, it. We know. We know. All right, we know. You know and we know, so now we all know. Settle Yay. down. <laughs> Let's move on. Yay! Let's get something to eat. You sounded like Mel Gibson there, ironically. That's not good. No. Uh, So uh, this is an interesting little piece here that I've come across, uh, and I think it illustrates a better point. I felt so bad. Sorry. I I felt bad my dog this morning. See, Judy was out of town for a week, and I had to feed him before I went to work. So I fed him like at 4.30 in the morning. And then, and then you know, I'd, I'd go to work, I'd come home, and then feed him in the afternoon. But um, so now, every morning when I'm like heading out to the kitchen to get my coffee and and, and get in the car, he thinks, "Oh yeah, chow time! Whoo, I'm hungry!" And you can see him; he's got the drool going, and he's and then I'm like, "Dude, no, no, it's like gonna be it's it's like three hours from now." Sorry, so and I feel so bad about him. I'm gonna buy him a watch. He doesn't have a wrist per se, so I'm not sure it'll stay on him, but. Poor lad. Oh, I should I should have given him a treat at least. Buy him a watch. 
<laughs> just so he knows. So he can look at it. Is it the time? No. Oh, my God. It's only 4.30. And he'll go back to bed. Hey, uh, just uh, do you want this text about how it was the Jews who killed Jesus even after the Romans didn't want to? Do you want to go into that? Sure. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, he was executed by the Romans oh, at the behest of the, uh, the I Jewish I was kidding. I don't want to go into that. The way it unfolded, Jack, was oh, as follows. Oh, wow. Well, you, you know, enjoy your weekend. Read me emails. <laughs> Have a good time. <laughs> You having a good time, Joe? I am, actually. I enjoy making people feel uncomfortable. It's a flaw. Um, But, yeah, actually, I I find the story fascinating on every level. Oh, absolutely. I've read so many books about it. It is fascinating on every level. Um, We've gotten a bunch of texts. This is just a fact. We've gotten a bunch of texts from guys who say they had sex when they were teenagers with adult women. They not only are fine, <laughs> they think it was fantastic. Yeah. Now, maybe they're damaged and don't know it. and Or, it or maybe did, some are and some, some aren't. Some are, some aren't, or whatever. It's too but I'm risky. Just, I'm just saying we've gotten those texts. Right. Yeah, just, you know, in the interest of uh, full uh, disclosure. So don't really have time for that no more. Uh, Judicial Watch is out with a report that I think a lot of people are taking the wrong way. Uh, the, the title is The Obama Administration Meddled in Foreign Elections. The government watchdog group Judicial Watch has obtained documents revealing the flow of money from the U.S. State Department and the U.S. Agency for International Development to various countries in efforts to provide the Obama administration its preferred outcome in foreign elections. And the list, do I have the list in front of me? Yeah. Uh, Israel, Russia, Macedonia, Albania, Libya, Egypt, and Great Britain. And that is almost certainly not a, uh, a complete list. And some people are saying, so where do we get off saying Russia's evil for messing with our election? My friends, you have knowledge but lack wisdom. We'll talk about that in a moment. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Al Trump's morning Twitter storm presents a mystery and prompts some concern. Get ready, a Democrat heavy, heavy way. I'm concerned, too. I'm afraid he's in serious trouble. <laughs> Check the West Wing. Democrat heavy heavyweight about to enter the race for the White House. Oh, whatever. Yeah, is the president alive? That coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The whole Mueller report thing now more than ever is a political question, more than a legal question, and one of the best political uh, pundits out there, Lon He Chen, coming up from the Hoover Institution. We'll talk to him in just a little bit. Always makes sense. Yeah, Brings to wisdom. He's good. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. As you were saying, the Mueller report is out, but boy, the fight is not over. Democrats pushing investigations and President Trump not letting up either. Starting the morning on Twitter, slamming the Mueller report, tweeting, and I quote, Statements are made about me by certain people in the crazy Mueller report, in itself written by 18 angry Democrat Trump haters, which are fabricated and totally untrue. Watch out for people that take so-called notes when the notes never existed until needed, because I never, second tweet, agreed to testify. It was not necessary for me to respond to statements made in the report about me. I'm not sure what he's addressing here. But go on, sorry. Some of which are total BS, and he uses the word in full, and only given to make the other person look good or me to look bad. This was an illegally started hoax that never should have happened. A dot, dot, dot. And that's it. There are no more tweets. Wait a minute. How long ago was the dot, dot, dot? That says three hours ago? Yeah. Is he all right? No one has anybody checked the residence. Is the President of the United States alive? 
He was in the midst of a multi-text conversation, and he just stopped. Has anybody checked on him? Wow. Maybe he's sitting there on the uh, White House throne, as it were. Somebody check on him. This was an illegally started hoax that never should have happened at... Dot, dot, dot. The continuing to beat up on Mueller and his team when it was about as good a result as he could have hoped for in the report is an interesting tactic. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But he's there in the belly of the never-ending political poo storm beast. All right, are you ready? Former Vice President Joe Biden will reportedly launch his long-expected presidential campaign next week. Wake me when it starts. Biden has been considering that run for months. Good God! (laughs) This is an announcement of the announcement? Yes. Stop it. Five (laughs) days before it happens. Yes. Uh, Good uh, God! The exact nature of his rollout is still being finalized. Good, fine, whatever. I don't care. Next story. 564 (laughs) days till the election. 564. When Biden gets in, then everything will become clear. The only interesting thing to watch is once he's in, uh, and slings and arrows start coming in his way a little bit, does he go up in the polls or down in the polls? A lot of pundits think he's at his high mark right now. Mm. We'll see. Police investigators believe that it was an electrical short circuit that was the most likely cause of Monday's fire at Notre Dame. The investigators, yeah, a lot of people think it was a flood that covered the earth and killed everything, but God caused it. So was it God's wrath for the Europe's Europeans turning away from God? That's the question. Investigators have said. Has anybody answered that yet? No, they haven't. Investigators have said so far they believe the fire was accidental. They have questioned workers who've been carrying out renovations at the historic cathedral. God doesn't make accidents, Marshall. Back to you. How am I doing, Jack? That's pretty good. Nice. Notre Dame will be closed for years (laughs) as the significant damage it suffered is repaired. One thing, though, is coming out of this, top French art conservation experts say the works inside the cathedral suffered no major damage in that fire. And the pieces have now been removed from the building for their protection. Uh, Center for uh, Research. Well, there's no roof on the place, so I'd say that's a that's a sensible precaution. Yep. The uh, people at the Center for Research at the French Museum said neither fire nor soot nor water reached inside the cathedral's walls. So anyway, which is the opposite of what I heard on day one, but yeah. just re reconfirms the fact that whatever you hear in the first day of any big story is wrong. Or it's a coin flip. Oh, one other note. Conservative, Whether it's true or not. Conservative author Ann Coulter says she's thinking about supporting Democrat candidate Bernie Sanders. In really? Yes. Really? Oh, come yes. on. Oh, I can believe that. Yeah. that, that that'd be an interesting turn. Yeah, Coulter. Huh. Coulter is known for taking a very conservative position on immigration. She recently lashed out against President Trump for not doing enough to control migration at the southern border. In a PBS interview, Coulter says she might back Sanders for president because of his past opposition to immigration legislation that he feared would drive down wages for American workers. Because it does, and a fifth grader could understand why. Jack, immigration eventually lifts all boats and adds to the economy, blah, blah, blah. All right, if you've been following the incredible career, TV career, I should say, of James Holtzhauer... The professional sports better from Las Vegas. He oh. is unstoppable right now on Jeopardy. On He's the, crushing it. Yeah. Last night, 
He won Final Jeopardy by answering Aquaman for a clue describing a Justice League superhero who sometimes used the secret identity Sea King. That wasn't a very hard question. I could have gotten that one. Yeah, me too. Well, he's now up to If near- I could get it, it's not a good question. He's now up to nearly $772,000 in total earnings while on an 11-day winning streak. And I think he has the the three highest single day win totals of anybody in Jeopardy. He's got the top three. Yep. Would he- you say who is Aquaman, Aquaman or what is Aquaman? I think you could get away with either one. I don't think they... Uh... Why is Aquaman? <laughs> Why wow. Is Aquaman? Wow. <laughs> because the whales need him. <laughs> All right, my friends. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation. So a guy we like to talk politics with, Lon He Chen, coming up next. And we'll get into yeah, politics of the day. I think you know what that is. The bottom line, Jack. The bottom line? Yeah. Never mind the blah, blah, blah. What does it What does it matter? Does it matter? That's what I'll ask him. Okay. Stay tuned <laughs> for the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The report outlines multiple attempts by the president to mislead the country, uh, to interfere with the investigation, uh, to make false statements to the American people, and to urge others to lie to the American people. That is nitpicking. Representative Schiff. Sounding like Adam he thinks, Schiff show. Sounding like he thinks high crimes and misdemeanors were committed, as outlined in the Mueller report. Although he said it's not time to uh, talk impeachment yet, so he didn't give a full throated endorsement of that uh, that track. We'll no. see. No, because that'd be risky. He just wants to leave the door wide open. Lon He Chen is the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. Also the David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies and Lecturer in the Public Policy Program at Stanford University. Lon He, how are you, sir? Good morning. Doing well. How are you guys? You uh, know, the Mueller report fun. came out yesterday. You, you were there? You hear about oh, that? Did it? <laughs> oh, Finally. Wow. So, oh, wow is right. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what is your interpretation in, uh, in broad terms of uh, the results? Well, I think it was always interesting whether the the Mueller report would go from the political to the legal. And and, and here's what I mean by that. I think to this point, both sides have used the Mueller report as a as a political talking point for the president. It's been, you know, no collusion, no obstruction. This is a witch hunt for the Democrats. It's been, you know, uh, you know, Trump is an awful guy. And look at all the shady things he's done. And, and the question was, were we going to get any more insight from the release of the redacted Mueller report about the legal side of this? Was there legal jeopardy to – the president put himself in legal jeopardy by doing anything he did? Now, obviously, the initial bar summary said no. And, and a lot of Democrats said, well, maybe he's shading the truth. Maybe we don't actually know what happened. Well, now we've seen the report, and the answer is still no. It's still not a legal problem for the president. Now, might it be a political one? That depends on how the Democrats play it. And to your guys' point, if they if they decide they're going to go toward impeachment, 
Uh, I, I think they're they're trying to overplay what's not a very good hand. So we'll, we'll have to see what they decide to do. But it's pretty clear there's some in that party who are intent on using the report to to impeach the president. And I'm just not sure politically that makes a whole lot of sense in the long run for the Democratic Party. Well, Nancy Pelosi, the leader of the uh, the, the the House Democrats, and her number two, Steny Hoyer, agree with you. I'm not sure how many of the other people do. Yeah, well, this is the problem. I mean, N- Nancy Pelosi is trying her best to hold the party together and to keep them electorally viable for 2020. She realizes that impeachment is not going to be a helpful uh, mantra for them to embrace going into the 2020 electoral cycle. I actually think Nancy Pelosi is much more savvy politically than folks on the right have maybe given her credit for. I think she understands the challenge here. Now, the, the problem she has is twofold. One is the ascendant part of her caucus in the House are these far-left progressive it's Democrats. It's like five people. It's like five people. Yeah. <laughs> it is. According to but Nancy. They're, but, they're very, but they're very loud. They're very, they're very vocal. But but her bigger problem, I think, is not them. Her bigger problem are the people who are running for president. And many of them are out there getting very, very close to the line on impeachment, much closer than she's getting. So she, she's got this problem, which is that her caucus is divided on this issue. So let's talk about the Mueller report, not in strictly legal or strictly political terms per se, but just clear-cut wrongdoing, uh, abuse of power, if you will. I'm looking at the obstruction of justice allegations, And they strike me as a guy huffing and puffing and demanding things in his aides saying, we're not going to do that. Is demanding something and having your aides shut it down and not following up abuse of power or obstruction of justice in your mind? Or how close does it come? Well, you know, the the challenge with proving an obstruction charge is that you've really got to go to the corrupt intent. And and as the Mueller report says, I think at least once, if not more than once, the challenge here was determining the nature of, of intent. There's certainly things in there that, that don't look good for the president. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the report is a good look for him because clearly in many situations he's trying to shut this thing down or slow it down. And, and the question is, well, is he just huffing and puffing or is there something that's more corrupt in intent there? And, and so this is the challenge we come to. This is why the Mueller folks said basically, look, we, we're not able to make this judgment or we're not able to make this judgment from a legal charging perspective as prosecutors. But you know what? Congress could certainly pursue the obstruction charge. And I think that's what you're seeing. In, in what form? Congress pursuing it. Because I didn't read well, that. I they, understand that's a long section of the report analyzing what Congress could do legislatively. What can they do? Well, they could the, the, the committees the committees in question could begin inquiries, and they could essentially have their own. I don't want to call it a trial. We got to be careful about the use of the word trial. But they could essentially pursue their own um, investigation using the Mueller report as a as a basis, and 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 essentially seeking to use it to advance. In my mind, I think that the the ultimate goal here would be to charge the president with high crimes and misdemeanors. So the the goal at the end of the day is still, from a legal perspective, is still to get to that standard for impeachment. But, But I'll say it again. This is not a legal question. This is a political one. That's why this whole thing gets so confusing, because the Mueller report lays out the legal issues. And the legal issues, it seems to me, are fuzzy enough that they weren't able to get to a to to a prosecutorial decision on a charge. 
But there is a political question which the Congress could take up. And I think that's the bottom line. What if they, they it seems like they're going to subpoena Mueller, they're going to bring him in, they're going to ask him questions. If they ask Mueller, with everybody watching in the country that follows this sort of stuff, <laughs> uh, but if they ask Mueller, if this were a regular guy, would you have prosecuted him for obstruction of justice if it wasn't the president? And he says yes. Does that move the needle at all politically? Well, first of all, I don't know if Mueller would answer the question now. Mueller's very, very savvy, and he understands the implication. I think, I think his he is a human being, though, and the president continues to badmouth him today. So you never know. <laughs> he is, he 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 is. But 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 I still think if if I had to guess, and look, we don't we don't know what he's going to say. But my guess would be that that he'll 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 keep it uh, fairly uh, legalistic, and he's not going to say a whole lot. Okay. But if, the, I mean, if he says that, sure, I think it gives Congress more ammunition. Hey, well, you, but, but, you, you, I just, I want to ask this before we run out of time. So you worked on a couple of different campaigns uh, that were not Donald Trump's campaign. You worked, you worked on Mitt Romney's campaign and Marco Rubio's campaign. Neither one of them right. are real Trump fans. Um, so going through the Mueller report, what bothered you? What made you think, ah, I don't know if I want my president doing that? Were there, were there things in the report that made you feel that way? Well, there, you know, uh, uh, the, the references that you make to the times when the president uh, did things or ordered his staff or appeared to order his staff to do things to slow down the investigation or to end it, uh, the implication that he wanted to see Mueller fired, the, the you know, challenges around the Jim Comey dismissal, and, and, and just generally areas where I think the president wasn't or has not been truthful. Those are, you know, those are things that give me pause. Now, what, what I get a little bit worked up about, though, is the way in which people try to take that and say, well, he ought to be, you know, th- then he ought to be impeached. Well, the reality is he's probably not like a really nice guy. And he's doing things that, that, are, that are arguably, in fact, the report suggests are quite shady. But there's a, a, a very, very bright line in my mind between that and then going to, well, we ought to remove him from office. And so I think that's the, I think that's the challenge. But, yeah, there are certainly things in there that I look at and I say, boy, this is not good stuff. You know, and, and, and it de- de- definitely suggests that he, is, he has done things that are, that are quite, quite un, unbefitting of the office. Lon He Chen is the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. I'm fully aware of the dangers of whataboutism and and you know it's 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 not a great argument, but if I look at the the weight of Trump saying to his White House counsel, "We got to fire Mueller. We got to fire him." His counsel saying, "We're not doing that." And it not going any farther than that versus if you like your health care, your, your doctor, you can keep your doctor. In terms of its historical, financial, sociological impact on the American people, I think one is a mouse and the other one is an elephant. And so if we're talking about disingenuousness or or, or, or being how unethical about, or the rest of it. Since you were working with Mitt Romney, we, we used the example yesterday. How about when Harry Reid, because people are talking about um, uh, Huckabee Sanders lying. How about when Harry Reid said Mitt Romney didn't pay any taxes or cheated on his taxes? Yeah. Just stated that with just a flat-out lie. I mean, that happens and in politics. it was a lie 100% sure, as he spoke Sure, that's the part words, of the blood sport we're in. So in that context, you know, where are we? Yeah, I Disgusted. mean, I, you're, you're right. You're you're absolutely right to bring up that Harry Reid example. People forget about about that one, and there's some other doozies from that campaign. But you know, I, I, I've often said we we we're at a point now, I think, in our politics where where old norms it, they they did not get broken down overnight. Sometimes there's a tendency for us, if you watch enough cable news, to think that some 
some switch clicked in January 2017 or let's say 2016 when Donald Trump was running for president. And now we're in a completely different America and have a completely different political system. The reality is we've we've seen this breakdown of norms for many years. And, yeah, Donald Trump sort of articulates the breakdown of those norms in a really extreme way. But that's not to say that we, we, we were not in a bad place in our politics because this is built up over many years. So, I, I look, the, the reality is that the political system has become far more um, – We've stripped off any notion of um, sort of high-mindedness in our politics, and I think that's a bad thing, but that's where we are, and it's happened over many years. And no, Donald Trump is not the sole cause. Is he a big precipitating factor of where we are? Probably. But, yeah, no, I think it's unfair to look at Trump alone and say, well, yeah, look, this is the guy that caused us to be where we are, because as as you know, this has been happening for many years. Update your Apple Maps, update your ways. There is no high road in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Lonnie J. Chen, the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lonnie Chen, wherever podcasts are distributed. Lonnie, it's always interesting. We sure enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Our pleasure. So, uh, whoops. Turned off my own mic there. That's, You've uh, had probably, it. that's a Freudian slip. You've had it. It was a Freudian See, finger I'm slip. Out. Had enough of this. <laughs> Turn off my mic. I don't even want to hear what I have to say about this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it's uh we got an email from a longtime listener who said I'm bailing on the show because how can you defend that uh, that piece of garbage Trump? And look, I, I defend him when he's right. I I'd say he's wrong when he's wrong. And, you know, if you can't deal with that, that's fine. I understand why some of the obstruction to justice stuff looks like it, but I also get the dynamic, because I've heard enough about it, of his experienced seasoned aides listening to the huffing and puffing of the famously mercurial real estate executive and saying, we can't do that, sir. How many and that's times, where it stops. How many times have White House spokespeople gone out and said things they knew weren't true? Virtually every time they take to the podium. <laughs> Certainly plenty of times. But lies that that clear? Uh, fairly frequently. Fairly. But it happens, is my oh, yeah. point. Oh, absolutely. Sure, go through the list of them. They all did it. They just don't end up testifying about it. Right. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.